It is live, pal. Mike, why don't you tell them what we're talking about? It. It is our webpage. We are very, very, very proud to tell you all about www.countedout7.com. That is countedout7, the number 7.com. And that's where you can go for everything Counted Out. The podcast, YouTube content, watch-alongs, good friends, better enemies, all our celebrity inter- interviews, everything. Where are you going to go, Tyler? Check out www.countedout7.com. Cheers. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Mike. Mike, come on in here, man. How are you doing tonight? I won't lie to you, man. I'm fucking tired. I'm uh, I'm annoyed. I'm exhausted. Uh, you and I had decided we, we were just going to jump right into the list. Uh, we weren't even going to do news of the week. And then we got hit by some big news right at the end of the night. So we we can't we can't jump the news tonight. No, and before we even get started with the moves, I just want to make sure, Mike, how's the power situation over on your end? Uh, we <laughs> lost you last week to a power outage, so I You're just want to make sure I want to make sure that we got you for the show here because I don't you have the got me. I, I I I'm looking around, no flickers, no nothing. We're good. All We're right. good. Good to go. Well, uh, all, all joking aside, let's start the week off with a bit of sad news here, and uh, that's the unfortunate passing of Jim Crockett Jr., and as well as the unfortunate passing of Question Mark from uh, the NWA as well. Two of two big names in the NWA uh, in various forms. Uh, one of the biggest names in NWA, uh, arguably, in Jim Crockett. We'll talk about Question Mark in a bit, but... I, I we're only a few hours removed at this point. Uh, we're recording this on March 3rd. Um, we only got the news about Jim Crockett a couple hours ago. And uh, I, I got to talk about it, man, just because you and I both grow up as WCW fans. Yep. Right. But uh, and you especially um, I as well, but you more are a big fan of the 80s nwa product it's my favorite era and you don't get that without the crockett family um so let's talk about that man if you are a fan of wcw at all you have the crockett's to thank for that because from 19 yeah correct me if if you know i'm wrong on any of this stuff uh uh, tyler but i want to say from 1931 until 1989 the crockett's Jim Crockett promotions with and basically ran NWA at the same time, which in uh, late 98, uh, early 99, or, or sorry, late 88, early 99 was sold to uh, Ted Turner and became WCW as we know it now. Yeah, and I think they sold for a cup of coffee to Vince there in 84 as well, I believe. The TBS. Yeah, I didn't know if that was a sell or just that. I don't know. Yeah, not too much. Not too on that as well. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, Vince had a couple weird mergers. The, the first one was with the Crockett's. Then he did one with Ted later on. Uh, I don't know how that worked. But uh, from what was it? When did he buy it? From when? When did he inherit from his father? I want to say it was in the late seventies, seventy nine. Yeah, I, I would say late late seventies, early eighties for sure. Um, and here's the thing: it wasn't even supposed to go to Jim Junior. Jim Junior didn't want it. It went to the husband of Jimmy's uh, sister. Okay. And he fucking flopped like quickly. Didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So it automatically, Jim said, here, take this to, to Jim Jr. said, you need to do something with it. It'll be temporary. <laughs> and Jim Jim held on to it for years. And we know what came from that man. Let, let, let's list it off. Do you get Starkade without Jim Crockett Jr.? Uh, no. No. Do you get the signing of Sting without Jim Crockett Jr.? Uh, nope. You know what I mean? Like, like the biggest names in wrestling, some of the biggest events in wrestling, the only company to really compete with Vince McMahon in the 80s. And this is because of Jim Crockett Jr. And it's also a, a name that we should have included on our uh, greatest families in wrestling history list as well. You know, we dropped the ball not talking about the Crockett's. 100%. Really 100%. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, you know, from my own personal fandom, I uh, the, the NWA in the, the the late '80s and the early. Uh, I'm gonna say all of the '80s for the most part. It's my favorite yeah. era of professional wrestling. That Four Horsemen run, um, Dusty Rhodes, uh, friend of the show Nikita Koloff, uh, all that stuff is, is my favorite. So you know, this is a, a very sad day in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, the outpour has been, uh, you know, obviously there. And and, whoop, and I uh, sorry there podcasting etiquette one on one turn your phone off um, yeah it's just very very sad stuff very sad stuff with um, with losing Mr Crockett there and hopefully you know our condolences to his, his friends and family uh, and a big thank you just for all the great memories that he provided right a hundred percent and uh, you can go check it all out in the WWE network because. All the star kids are there. All the old NWA stuff is there. Uh, a lot of people don't know because it got confusing for a while. He was the head of Jim Crockett Promotions, but also for, again, correct me if, I, if you think I'm wrong. I want to say for at least six years, he was the president of the NWA. And he owned, he personally owned no less than, I want to say eight, um, NWA territories. So Jim Crocker Promotions was the NWA for many, many years. Yeah, you know they were definitely the flagship of it. They definitely brought it to to another another level again with the the exposure on television. And uh, and I I know that uh, Jim also did some interviews a couple of years ago with the Starcast Group, which I bet you would be really cool to go in and try to track down and listen to. And he was involved with some angles too, you know. He he was he he got some bumps and bruises on the way. I think uh, yeah. he was he was a great hand. Uh, he's one of the most respected promoters of all time in this industry. And and uh, you know, may may he rest in peace. I'm not expecting it. I'm I'm really not. But I'm hoping to hear something from the WWE, if not Vince McMahon himself. I know AEW put something out uh, tonight about it. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I hope so too. 
And um, this, well, this comes in the same week that we found out that the NWA, Billy Corgan's NWA, is making a huge comeback. Yeah, big news. You know, big so, news on so that. It, yeah, so it, it's kind of. I like to think that everything happens for a reason. Uh, I, I, I think if you're a spiritual person, as I am, I think Jim Crockett Jr. will be looking out for NWA, this current iteration of NWA, with with a kind smile. I think he wants NWA to succeed in his legacy. Well, and how cool is it that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to say the word cool. Let me rephrase that. How fitting is it that uh, on the, the day that Jim Crockett Jr. passes away, that on TNT, TBS, whatever, right? On on the TNT yeah. with the flagship station for WWE for many, many years, tonight we had Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, J.J. Dillon, yeah. all in the ring holding up four fingers with each other. Not only that. Tony Schiavone, Sting, they were all there. And they're holding up the old school NWA championships. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Tully came out with the old U S title that he held 40 fucking years ago. Uh, FTR came out instead of their AEW championship belt. They came out with the NWA championship belts, which mm-hmm. was, that was, was Tully's, Tully's first televised match in 37 years. They said tonight. Isn't and he looked, great. he looked great. He did. He, you know, for a man, how old do you think he is? He's got to be in his early 60s. I think so, yeah. I mean, my, my old man's in his early 60s, and he does not look like Tully Blanchard. Yeah, I'm hoping that I can. I don't think I look like Tully Blanchard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half his age. Um, let's quickly try to move on. We'll, we'll do the, the next piece of little bad news, and then we move on. Um, of course, this, like you mentioned before, this is also the same week we lost... Uh, question mark from the nwa yeah i i you know i i don't know a whole lot about him i don't watch a lot of the nwa so unfortunately i haven't had a chance to see a lot of his work i know that might be something you uh are a little more familiar with than me honestly i only saw i got really to see a stuff that he did with aaron stevens he he had a great uh you know tag team and, and program with aaron stevens which was really uh entertaining near the right near the end of the NWA power uh, era before COVID hit in. Um, I didn't get to see a lot of his career, unfortunately, <laughs> but what I saw, I really enjoyed. But what really hits me is the outpour of support that uh, him and his family have gotten since his passing, because he obviously had a lot of people that really admired him. Oh yeah. Joseph Hudson was his name. He had a great feud with Tim Storm. Uh, Tim Storm. Uh, Love me some Tim Storm. Yeah, they did some great stuff together. He was also the person that played Bruiser Brody in the Dark Side of the Ring um, series as well for the oh, Bruiser shit. Brody. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, so a, a sad week in the week of professional wrestling, and uh, let's kind of switch. Canadian? They usually get Canadians for that. That one I couldn't answer for you. I I have to, I'd have to take a take a look into that. Yeah. Um, let, let's segue over then. Um, I'm going to leave it to you, Mike. Do you want to talk about WWE or you want to finish talking about uh, AEW since we talked about it a little bit already? We could do either. Let's do. Let's, let's, cool. do let's, let's stick with we'll, AW we'll, then. We'll. Let's stick with AW uh, today, um, as we record this at least. So uh, March third, we were very fortunate enough uh, to be invited to take part in the Cody Rhodes press conference. Absolutely, which which was super cool. He did a media call today, and uh, yeah, I got to I got to jump on. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a question in, but uh, a lot of interesting stuff he said there. Uh, he mentioned that the big, the, the big show, Paul White, he sees him having matches for sure. At least four of them, he says he's got in him. 
Okay. Uh, he, he talked about Pat McAfee, which got everybody all riled up saying that Pat's been calling them for a job every week when, uh, but and then he, you know, the whole thing was to promote Shaq and let's talk about it. Shaq and, um, Shaq fought tonight. What did, what did you think about the match? All right. Well, I'm not going to surprise you. You and I discussed this earlier today. Uh, I was not a fan of the match whatsoever. I thought it was the fucking hot drizzling shits. However, <laughs> weirdly enough, I think the MVP of the fucking match was Shaq. I thought I, I'm not with you. I thought the match I was good. Know. I thought the match was good. Now it, you know, it didn't tear I the house down. Women, and I hate to say this because I love the current generation of women's wrestling, but I think both women were sloppy as fuck. Uh, I don't think Brandy Rhodes belongs in a goddamn ring. I think she's garbage. Well, Brandy uh, didn't fight tonight. Though. Not sorry. What was her name? The, Red Velvet. Thank you. Uh, I don't know why. I just went there because oh, it was supposed to be Brandy, right? It was yeah. originally supposed to be Brandy. I just, I didn't enjoy the match. Um, Cody pissed me off. Let's talk about that. He took a great power bomb from, uh, from Shaq, which he honored and Brody Lee for. I don't know if you noticed that or not. He did the Brody Lee, Lee handset. He, you see, he did the Brody Lee on the power oh, bomb. A little shout out for Brody there. I thought, was, cool. I thought that was nice. very cool. Um, but he no sold the power bomb. That's yeah. That's, shit man what is that that was the only spot of the match i didn't like i thought Shaq looked great he laid Shaq cody out with some chops i thought those chops were massive he hit him with i thought the first half of the match was really good i thought cody and Shaq had some good chemistry together Shaq took a crazy bump through tables like hats off to Shaq. he brought it man i thought he did a good job 100 i did not enjoy the match i didn't but for a man who is not a professional wrestler Shaq did a great job I'm just very disappointed in the three people who are trained wrestlers. Yeah, I, I don't know. Cody. Cody is a bo- Cody apparently, as we're told by Dave Meltzer, is one of the greatest fucking wrestlers going today. He did not show that tonight, man. I think Cody is one of the greatest wrestlers going today, and I didn't think there's anything wrong other than that one spot where he kicked out of the power bomb. But that's not Cody being a bad wrestler. That's just a bad call on the spot. I think Cody looked great. Cody made Shaq look like a million bucks tonight. Shaq, you you said yourself, Shaq looked great tonight. You were impressed with Shaq. Well, Shaq, guess who made Shaq? Shaq? Guess who made Shaq look good? Cody Rhodes Shaq. made Shaq look good. No, no Shaq, Shaq did not make Shaq, Shaq look good. good. Yes, he did. He did not. Shaq we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're, Shaq. we're we're gonna disagree on this one. Well, it's okay. We cannot. Shaq brought it. I'm not taking away from Shaq, but yeah. Cody Rhodes made Shaq look like a monster tonight. He did a great job. I I'm, I'm not hearing it. Also, how wild is it that on a, on a show we have Shaquille O'Neal fighting? We have a, a mini four horsemen reunion, and then yep. Onita is talking about exploding barbed wire death matches. Right. Conrad Thompson is on there. Very fun show for AW. And then, and then let's let let let's not forget the the television debut of Paul White. And Paul um, White, absolutely uh, de- debuting one of the greatest uh, wrestling T-shirts I have seen in a long fucking time. Yeah, no, no more BS. I like that. I got you. Got to love that's clever, right? I love it. I love it. I do. I thought it was now, good. Before we wrap up the AEW stuff, any predictions on who this uh, signing is that Paul White uh, has, has teased? I have, I have, but I want to hear yours first. I don't have a, I don't even have a clue. I can't even think of somebody. So McFoley, McFoley maybe? Every name I hear coming up as a wrestler. He never said anything about it being a wrestler. No, he did not. Here's here's my guess. Mauro Ronaldo. 
That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. And he'd be the third commentator with them. That's what I'm guessing. I, I would be all for that. I love me some Mauro Ranella. Beautiful. Um, let's move on to the WWE. I've only got one point I want to talk about there, and we're going to move on okay. to your list, which uh, we no one knows what your list is. Well, I guess if you saw the picture for the show, but we didn't announce the list last week. We're going to keep you in suspense a little bit more. Oh, how, okay. how about, do you know what your list is this week? How about I ask you that first? <laughs> oh, trust me. I know what it is because it's been on my brain every day, every minute, every hour for the last two weeks. I've watched so much fucking wrestling. This is the hardest list I've ever done for this show. I can I can truthfully say that. Well, before we slide into that, let us talk about Bobby Lashley. They you mean, making this you guy mean look like a million bucks. WWE champion Bobby Lashley? Brand new world champion Bobby oh, Lashley yeah. just destroyed the Miz on Raw. And I, I'm, go- I'm, I, I'm going to quote my good friend, our good friend of the show, Adam Contant, when he said, it's about fucking time. Yeah, I, I, if you would have told me this time last year that I would have been excited for a match to see Bobby Lashley in the Miz fight, I would have told you, you're out, you're out to lunch. I you're actually tuned into Raw Live this week. I can't remember the last time I did that. Um, I will say I thought that they made the Miz look terrible. Uh, exactly. I'm not match. happy about that. I, I would have rather him just got squashed, but I didn't like that he was running away. I didn't like that he was faking. I just thought it, it was really hokey for me. To, it's if the I dumbest thought I thing, and it was going to lead to something, I'd be okay with it, but it's not. What the, are they going to do with that mania? It's going to be him and Morrison versus fucking Bad Bunny or some shit. Which is fine. I, I don't care. Eh. But, but you don't do that to a guy who was champion last week. The dumbest thing that they did, though, was um, the match before that was Ali against Riddle. And all of a sudden, they just put on the screen, your world title match starts in six minutes. Well, how do you know that this match is going to finish in six minutes? Like, I just, I really, unless really you, annoyed unless me. Unless you announced a definite time limit. Which I they did not. Like yeah, which they I did thought, not. I hate I thought that was stupid. I, I've always hated a show like that. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what they do with Bobby Lashley. I'm I'm quite all right with him and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. I think that's what we're gonna get. There's a there's still the rumors, and I think the rumors are gonna happen for a couple more weeks. Uh, we're still getting the rumors of Brock coming back to face Bobby. Bobby himself has said he doesn't want that. Yeah, he, but you know what? If you're gonna do Brock and Bobby right now, is the time to do it because will Bobby stay this hot? How long will he stay this hot for? How long are they going to continue the strong booking? You can say, let's push that to SummerSlam. Is Bobby going to have that momentum still rolling to SummerSlam? I agree 100%. If you're going to pull the trigger on that, you do it now. Maybe this is just me as a fan. I I don't care. I'm in the, uh, I'm in that camp of, you know, you know, you know, you have those, those people who, have always wanted Sting and Taker, and then you have. No, the- I don't want Sting and Taker either. You know what I mean? And then you have the the guys like us who don't give a shit. That's where I am with with Brock and Lashley. I I could take it or leave it. I don't give a shit. I'd much rather see Bobby and uh, Andrew. I, I'm I'm for I'm for either one of those matches. I I think Bobby and Drew has some build behind it, so it's actually nice to see a storyline going into a WrestleMania match. I Not that that's crazy to say happen. But what would you say to a triple threat between Drew Lashley and The Miz? Um, no, not not with The Miz, not with The Miz. I I think uh, I would do a triple threat with Brock, maybe, but that would be that. I don't want that. But, but I, I would rather just see one on one. I don't I, like WrestleMania where everybody has to get on, and and no one, you know what I mean. You don't have to do that. 
earn your spot on the card. I don't think I've enjoyed a WrestleMania triple threat for the title. Anyways, uh, we might talk about a couple of triple threats tonight. Oh, but, you know, uh, let's, I, let's, let's segue over to that. What are we talking about today? What's your list, Mike? What's the big secret? All right. We're, we're going with one of my favorite titles in the history of professional wrestling. Um, that's the intercontinental championship. And when I grew up, I was, I grew up as a kid. I never cared to be the world heavyweight champion. I never cared to be the WWE champion. I wanted to be like my hero, Roddy Piper. Yeah. I wanted to be like one of my other heroes, Kurt Hennig. I wanted to be the intercontinental champion. And I grew up in an era where the, and you did as well, where the intercontinental championship was for the strongest for the, for the work. It was known as the workhorse title for the longest time. Um, and unfortunately, there was a long stretch of peri- uh, period of time where we didn't get a whole lot of great WrestleMania intercontinental matches. But we definitely got at least seven, and we're going to talk about them here tonight. And that's because we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. This is our first list kicking off the road to WrestleMania. Mike is about to count down the top seven intercontinental title matches in the history of WrestleMania. And I think there's no better time to start than right now, Mike. What's the number seven? holy shit man like i told you this is the hardest list i've ever done on this show i'm still not happy with my list i don't know how i feel anything um i'm probably gonna get heat i probably am some from myself (laughs) i don't know how to feel this is such a hard list because we're gonna start at number seven this is this is gonna show you how great some of these matches are when this is number seven Okay, all right. We're gonna start off in the year 2000, WrestleMania 16. We're doing triple threat match for two titles: the Intercontinental Championship and the uh, the European Champion. We're talking about Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. This match was awesome. Now, here's the real question, though, Mike. Yeah. Did you count this as the entire match, or did you just count the fall for the IC I title? Count- the entire match okay okay and you know what i'll <laughs> give it, i'll give it to i you. did um those who haven't seen it it, it it tyler has a point it's got weird rules to this where the first everybody knows in a triple threat match uh you don't need to be the champion does not uh, need to be part of the uh decision to lose the title uh correct me if i'm wrong if i remember properly kurt angle was walking in with both titles he was the Eurocontinental champion. Exactly. So he he walks in with both these championships, and he can lose both titles without being pinned. Um, now everybody knows in a, in a triple threat match, it's one it's one fall to a finish. However, in this, because there was two titles being uh, displayed, it was two falls to a finish. The first fall would become the. Uh, was it the first one was for the Intercontinental? I think so. Yeah, it was because ben, so Benoit took the first and Jericho the first took the second. For the Intercontinental Championship, the match would continue with nobody being eliminated, and then the next fall would be for the European Championship. Like I said, uh, Kurt Angle walked in with both titles, left with zero, and how many times did he get pinned? Uh, zero. Uh, that's zero. <laughs> I love that though. Like it's Kurt Angle's character at that time was so perfect for a stipulation like that because he he milked it for months. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. This is a great match. Three of the best wrestlers of all time. 
And especially you know, in this, especially in this era, these guys were the three best in that in that ring, man. You have Benoit pinning Jericho, and then Jericho pinning Benoit. Kurt was never part of the finish uh, of either fall, and he walks out with nothing. So good. And then the so next good. night on the next night on Raw, Jericho drops the belt to Eddie Guerrero, and we get the uh, real birth of Latino Heat. That's right. That's right. Um, just a fun match because. Three, you're absolutely right. Three of the greatest wrestlers in the history of that company are in that match. Yep. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. We've discussed this before. You don't quite agree with me, but 16 is one of the worst WrestleManias for me. I do agree with you. I think it's a oh, terrible okay. WrestleMania. I hate it. Yeah. That match doesn't sound legit. But it is the shining light of that of that WrestleMania. Oh, that ladder match. Uh yeah, uh, th- that was probably the match of the night. But this match gets lost in the shuffle because this is a forgettable WrestleMania, and all everyone had to think about is that Jeff Hardy spot where he flips off the ladder. So, yeah, kudos to you, man. Good start on the number seven. I think that's placed perfectly. All right, moving on. To number six, uh, we're doing multi man again, except uh, double the men. This is six men, and we're uh, going to WrestleMania. Did I write it down? <laughs> WrestleMania 32. We are doing Zack Ryder versus Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz versus Sami Zayn versus Sinkara versus Stardust. Okay. Um I liked and I don't know if this will be on your list, so I might be speaking out of turn already, but I definitely like the ladder match from 31 better. Maybe that's just because I am not a big fan of Zack Ryder. I do not, uh, but for me, I this match was. Good. I am not Zack Ryder either, but we can neither of you and I, you or I, can take away from that finish. When uh, yeah, great moment! Oh, great moment! Absolutely, fucking pop! He yeah. got his WrestleMania moment that night. Of course he did. Of course he did. And uh, for me, I think the highlight of that match was anything that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did. Thank they, you. They Kevin Owens was the highlight of that match for me. And Sami Zayn is 24 hours removed from his classic with Nakamura, too. Big weekend for Sami Zayn. This was the start of his main roster run. Now, don't get me wrong. If 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 this was not counted out and it was good friends, better enemies, and we were rebooking this shit, there's a couple guys that wouldn't even be in this match. I'm Sinkara. Thank you. <laughs> you See, know, this is why we're not good friends. Do you want to know something weird to me, though? When I compared this to other people's lists, be it Sportskedia or um, uh, uh, Ringside News or fucking, uh, what's it called, What Culture? Hey, 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 let's not plug the competition, man. Do you know that this match, in almost all those lists, placed in top three? Come on. I don't even know if this match would have made my list, to be honest. It almost didn't for me until I rewatched it. And I really... I'll have to rewatch it with another set of eyes on it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm these multi-man ladder matches are, they're all, I don't know. The, the novelty's wearing off for me on them. Agreed. But this on a rewatch, it had to make my list because it was enjoyable. Uh, it was not as enjoyable as obviously five, uh, five other matches on this list, but it was enjoyable enough to hit, to, to reach my number six. So what match is more enjoyable at your number five then? Well, we're still not hitting the one-on-one list. Uh, we're going one of the very rare triple threat matches that I enjoyed from WrestleMania. 
And we are hitting WrestleMania 34 with Seth Rollins versus The Miz versus Finn Balor. This match was awesome. And in my my opinion, this is the best work The Miz has ever done in his career at this point. I can't disagree with that. And Finn Balor proved that night. (laughs) Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was WrestleMania material. And this is when I, you know, I'd say I said that about The Miz too, but this was my favorite period for Seth Rollins as well. When he was doing those open challenges for the IC title, uh, this was right around that time period. I don't think anybody was having better matches in that company than Seth Rollins during this time period. I couldn't agree. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And and so then you're going, you put these three guys together, and what do you get? You get one of the best matches at WrestleMania 34. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they might have stole the show, to be honest. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, moving on to my number four. We're going multi-man again. Surprise. Uh, surprise, surprise. We're going to, uh, you already mentioned it, WrestleMania 31. Okay, I'm glad this made the list. So we're talking Stardust again. Yeah. You know, the, uh, Stardust number two, I'm, uh, uh, you know, the second time on this list. Uh, Stardust versus Bad News Barrett, Luke Harper, Daniel Bryan, uh, I wanted to say John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And um, what a lineup. That I don't care what anybody says. This match kicks the shit out of its 32 counterpart. Uh, it's not even close as far as I'm concerned. And uh, on so many of our <laughs> lists, it didn't even make people's top threes. It this, barely this made people's top sevens. This whole WrestleMania, by the way, is um, highly underrated. This is one I of my favorite WrestleManias. I was going to say the same thing. I love this WrestleMania. Yeah. To, to me. I think it's the last best WrestleMania they've had. Like, I don't think there's been a better WrestleMania from WrestleMania 31 until present day. I have to go and rewatch a couple of WrestleManias, but you might be right. 31 was fantastic. I love 31. I really yeah. do. Um, I even am the rare person who really enjoys Sting versus uh, Triple H. Me too. I thought it was perfect for what it was. I don't care that it didn't make sense that the yeah. NWO came and helped Sting out. It was fun. At me, Danny Franchise. Well, okay, you've said enough already. <laughs> uh, the um, thing I remember most, most about this ladder match. match. Let's talk about this ladder match for a minute, man. <sighs> Fuck. Talk about the guys in it. Bad news, bad news, uh, Barrett. When you think of great intercontinental champions, he's not one of the pe- first people you think of. No. But he walked in as champion and he did a Great job in this match. He served his purpose perfectly in this match. You know, everybody in this match, I think, has had a run with the IC title. If you uh, from so. if you if yeah. you go Ziggler, Stardust was had a run as Cody, right? That, Daniel Bryan won the match at Luke yeah. Harper, Ambrose. They all had a run. I remember the the big spot for this one was uh, that sick power bomb that Harper yeah. did to Ambrose. Oh, yes. he just annoyed uh, annihilated let's, him. Let's take a second to talk about. Luke Harper's uh, performance in this match. Oh, spectacular! To me, you want to, you know, you you go to thirty-two and you talk about uh, about um, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, right? Well, that was Luke Harper at thirty-one. Okay, Luke Harper stole the show for me. He he was a powerhouse, but he sold when he needed to sell. 
He made other people look fantastic. He proved how good he was in that match. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, there's a reason why we can call him the late great <laughs> And that match proves it. 100%. He, he had a, sh- a lot of shiny moments that match. And as a also as a Daniel Bryan mark, I'm very happy he won the match. So bonus points for me on that one. Now, my one and only issue, and I just rewatched this match uh, as late as yesterday. Um, let's talk about the finish for a second. I remember watching that match live with, with one of my best friends, and I had a real problem with that headbutt spot. Yeah. Rewatching it, I have less of a problem with it now, I guess, but what is your what is your call on that? In an era where, even in 31, we knew about concussions, we knew, you know, uh, chair shots and all that shit were already banned. So what do you think about these unprotected headbutts? I think that it's time to retire them forever. I don't I, think there's a place for them in the business. Um, I would rather see a chair shot to the head with the hands up because yeah. I think you're protecting Agreed. yourself to an extent. But I, I don't want to see these guys headbutt each other. In the you know, I, I was all for that spot 20 years ago when I was watching Brian Danielson and Ring of Honor and Nigel McGuinness, and I thought it was amazing and cool and oh my god. And then you educate yourself and you go, I don't, I don't want to see these guys get brain damage. Yeah, I, I could go without seeing that spot ever again. That, that spot, especially at that point in time at WrestleMania 31, because what year are we talking? Like 2012? Yeah, ish, somewhere around there. I don't do yeah, years very well. Maybe. Um, we were well past. We knew that 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 spot shouldn't be happening at that point in time. So that was one of my problems with that match, and I didn't even know if that match was going to make my list. Because I had bad memories of that spot. Going back and watching it, I'm like, holy fuck, how could I not put this on on my list? Oh, the match is a barn burner. Absolutely. And I, I think it's in a good place. Uh, you know, so far I'm agreeing with you. And I, that makes for a boring show for all you listeners. But fuck, Mike, you're on fire this week, man. <laughs> well, well, we're about to change that. Oh, God. It's all about the change. I spoke too soon. I ruined it. This is where the heat starts. I know a lot of people are going to have a problem with this, and I don't fucking care, because I went and I rewatched all these matches, and my number three belongs at number three, no matter what anybody says. It's my list. Fuck you. My number three is WrestleMania three. Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Okay. So this is widely considered one of the, the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, yep. let alone a WrestleMania Intercontinental title match. Yep. Tell me and justify to me why this is not number one or number two. It is. Here's the thing. When something is called the greatest for so long, at what point in time does something that has been influenced by it become better? Okay. I went and I rewatched the match several times and I still love the match. But the match is over 30 years old. Yeah. We're at a point where something had to get better than it. And in my estimation, two matches have surpassed it in that time. Okay. Not only for legacy, just because something is influential does not mean it's no longer. Bet you know it doesn't mean it's better than what came after it. Am, am I making sense here? Like, I get what like, you're saying. Like if something, if something influenced, like how many wrestlers, for example, okay, 
Harley Race yeah. influenced Triple H. He did. I consider Triple H to be a better professional wrestler than Harley Race. Uh, debatable. It is debatable. But this is what I, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, something else. Again, debatable, but very arguable and, and, and a good point. Ric Flair influenced Shawn Michaels. Many, yeah. many, many would say that Shawn Michaels, including Ric Flair, many would say that Shawn Michaels has surpassed him. I think Shawn Michaels is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Exactly. So why can't it be that Ric Flair or that, that Randy Savage versus Rick Steamboat, it can go in and influence many great matches. Well, how come one of those great matches can't end up surpassing it? Well, I think it can surpass it. I just uh, knowing you the way knowing you the way that I know you, I know I know you very well, and I know what your number two is, or maybe it's even your number one, depending on how much you want to piss me off tonight. That's okay because I and 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 I'll be the first one that I'm doing this from fandom. I'm doing this from a sport of watching the match and enjoying the match and, and and thinking the match is great, and that's what our lists are all about, right? Well, if I enjoy my number two more than I enjoy my number three, how could I possibly flip them around just because I know many people don't agree with me? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, for me, I think this would be my number two. I think this would be my number two. And that's because I'm, I'm a massive Steamboat Mark. I'm a massive Savage Mark. This is, the I think, the biggest WrestleMania ever. WrestleMania three. Uh, there's just something so special about that WrestleMania. And and these guys, uh, you said the word workhorse belt. And yeah. these guys showcased it on the biggest. And, and this was the, you know, the first real great uh, WrestleMania intercontinental title match. You know, not no disrespect to JYD and and um, Greg Valentine and no disrespect to J- well, George Steele Macho Man. But this was the first real moment at WrestleMania where, uh, the the bar was set for it, and exactly. this match holds up. What are we at WrestleMania thirty seven this year? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, this and match hold this match holds up a hundred percent. So the, the you, fact you that it still holds up, professional wrestlers of all time, even ones that are still wrestling today, guys like even Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho will tell you, and I believe he's writ- written this in, in one of his books that he used to map out this match in, in, in his living room. Yeah. You know, as did Shawn Michaels. As apparently, did Shawn so did, so apparently so did Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat because Macho wants yeah, to reverse this match. Oh, everything, yeah. Drove Ricky nuts. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's my number three, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me, but, but I'm okay with that. Moving on to my number two, it brings me to something that you just mentioned, how you said that WrestleMania 3 is one of the greatest and how you uh, you think it's one of the most special. I consider number uh, WrestleMania 3 to be, in my mind, the fourth greatest WrestleMania in history. Wow, that's a big statement. I know it is. Because my number 3, I, I, I think that WrestleMania 19 is the greatest of all time. I, I, will, I will not argue that point. I think WrestleMania 17 is the second. Uh, it's up there, yeah, yeah. I think I, I put 19 over 17 for sure. Oh, 100%. My number three, my third favorite WrestleMania of all time is what I consider to be the most underrated WrestleMania of all 
time. Okay. The, the WrestleMania that nobody gives enough fucking credit to. Okay. We're about to talk about WrestleMania 8. Yeah, your favorite. I knew this was coming. And we're going to talk about Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Brett the Hitman Hart in what I consider to be a perfect wrestling match. I love this match. I do. I, I think I would have had this as my number three on the list in all honesty. This is uh, this match is awesome. This match is awesome. I won't lie to you. My one, two, and three have switched spots so many times. Roddy, uh, at one point in time, uh, Flair and, and Steamboat were my number one. So, hmm. so was this match. They have gone back and forth so many fucking times. And I went and I rewatched all three of these matches multiple times to decide how to do this. And I, and I think I finally decided, like, I, I think I'm happy with where, where I put them all. Yeah. When I started this list, this was my number one. Well, of course. So that's, but that's your fandom. What exactly? What ended up as my number one wasn't even originally my number three. Cause I wasn't sure that it lived up, but we'll get there. Talk about living up. This match lives up, man. It's, it's, it's almost been 30 years since this match. And it is still one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. I love this match uh, for the pre-match promo with Piper and Brett. And, you know, Piper's like, I used to change your diapers. And Brett's (laughs) trying to be the tough, cool guy, right? Like, like, yeah, I'm I'm all grown up now. And Piper had the belt around his fist when they did that little quick draw thing. And uh, this was great. If if you want to look at how to put somebody over and pass the torch to the next generation, watch Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Bret Hart. They tell exactly. yeah. This is how you I properly pass the torch. I always call this match the greatest intro match of all time. And what I mean by that is if you have a friend that has never watched professional wrestling in his life and you want them to, and you want to say, Hey, this is what professional wrestling is, show them this match. Um when I was still with WrestleMedia, we were working on a project that unfortunately never got off the ground. And this is a project that I called uh, making a mark where I took one of my closest friends who's never seen any wrestling in his his life. And each week I was showing him a new wrestling match. The, uh, just to see if I can make him into a wrestling fan. The very first match I ever showed him, the very first match he ever watched in his life was this match. And right away, he, he made me pause the match and he looked at me and he goes, I didn't know that wrestling was such storytelling. And dude, I almost cried because seeing somebody who knows nothing about wrestling, seeing, actually seeing through the, 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 you know, the stigma of professional wrestling and seeing the storytelling and the beauty, the guys like Rowdy Roddy Piper and Bret Hart can do in a ring that makes that that's what we want people to see. You know, I, I would never have thought to show somebody this match to try to get them into professional wrestling, but now that I'm thinking about it, this might actually, you might be onto something here. This might be one of the most perfect matches for that because on top of the great storytelling, you got, so let's like, run it down from top to bottom. You get the fantastic promo right at the get-go mm-hmm. with Mean Gene, who's showcasing his best work at this time. Piper, Brett, fantastic stuff. Then you get Bobby Heenan on commentary, who is just absolutely fantastic throughout this whole match. You know, Piper having his, uh, 
you know, looking to his past. Is he going to be heel here? Hit Brett with the belt. Brett's bleeding. Like, yeah, you know what, Mike? You might actually be onto something here. It's one of the best stories being told bell to bell without needing a big elaborate story outside of it. They were able to tell this story bell to bell, which I loved. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, again, I think I would have taken it as my number three, but I, I, you know what? If you, I, I can't, I can't argue it either, though, because it, it makes sense, right? Moving on to number one, I think a lot of people would think this is the obvious choice, and obviously, it made my number one. So maybe they're right, but I had a hard time with it. I wasn't sure that it could hold up to be number one, and here we are. WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. Yeah, but I think this had to be it, right? One of the ladder matches in history. You know, I just uh, I, I just quickly was um, reading over my honorable mention list and, and thinking about your list that you put together, and this is it. This is the obvious choice for number one. Right. I At first, I wasn't sure. I, I, I said, you know, does it really hold up after all these years? I said, there's no way it does. And, you, know, you know, we've had so many other ladder matches, two of which have made my list. Uh, is there any way that, you know, there's no way that this, this can still be as good as we remember it. And holy fuck is it ever. You know, I hate, I can't remember who, I think it was Flair, but I hate the, the thought that Shawn Michaels went in that ring and had a match with a ladder and Razor Ramon happened to be there. I hate that. Because you watch that match and Scott Hall had almost as much to do with that match's success as Shawn Michaels did. A thousand percent. Now, Shawn Michaels could go in there and have a match with just the ladder, yeah. but Razor, Scott Hall, the, the chemistry those guys had, and yeah, I, I love Vince the whole match too. He had that, oh, I'm Vince McMahon, like the high-pitched, squealy yeah. Vince McMahon. What a maneuver. Like, Vince now, was great. And what a great story too, because, you know, Shawn, uh, Shawn got stripped of the title uh, due to... Uh, Failing a piss death. Yeah. And there was a lot of reality behind this because Sean, in real life, refused to send the title back. No, hold on. Which... wait a minute. He failed a piss test? I thought that he just misscheduled title defenses. That's what Jack Tunney told me on television. <laughs> <laughs> Killing yeah. kayfabe over here, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> Tunney lies. Um, <laughs> You know, another guy I wish we talked about in our family thing, because him and his dad did a lot for Canada. Oh, yeah. I love the Tunnies. A but, little, uh, I, lo I love all that old Canadian stuff, though. Like, we grew up with Billy Red Lions. You remember Billy Red Lions? Yeah. Little side, little sidebar story for anyone that watches anybody, uh, any any of my work on the Miasma Citadel, which has now been canceled, but that's a different story. But uh, anyone who watches my work on the Miasma Citadel, every week that we did the hype week for it, I would always end with... Uh, Tune in this Friday, Miasma versus whoever. Don't you dare miss it. I always right. hit it. I had to honor Billy Red Lions. So for all of our American <laughs> listeners, go look up Billy Red Lions. He was a great sell guy for any yeah. of those old events. And, you know, like I said, both Frank Tunney and Jim Tunney and Jack Tunney um, did a lot for Canada. And, uh, and of course, Jack Tunney would go on to be the president of WWE Canada. Well, you know, we... We didn't uh, we didn't mention them in our family list, but if you do want to hear about uh, some great stories with the Tunnies, go back into the archives, go back into something which I can't believe we haven't talked about, www.countedout7.com. Great we job on the site. 
Yeah. Um, and, and go to the archives and find our interview with Jimmy Corderas, former WWF referee. He goes in great details about how the Tunnies started him in the business. Um, so so let, 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 let's get on to this, this, this main event. I don't know how we got on to Jack Tunney. Um, You're Canadian, eh? <laughs> so so like I said, Sean, Sean, uh, Sean missed some scheduled dates. <laughs> after after failing a piss test and uh never saw never sent his title back so when he returned after his suspension he's got this this intercontinental title that doesn't really belong to him so they turn into a storyline and it's him versus uh current actual champion razor ramon uh-huh. and they uh, they hang both titles above the ring and turn it into a ladder match and you know you we talked about guys like Jake Roberts and, and even uh, as you know, current today as, as Randy Orton. When you want to talk, or, and of course the Undertaker. When you want to talk about in-ring psychology, but can we take a minute to talk about Shawn Michaels? You know, sh- I don't think Shawn gets enough credit for his in-ring psychology. Oh my God! Yes, he does. Everybody from, says Shawn Michaels is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. From the minute. He gets, you know, he's walking to the ring and, you know, he does that whole because because Razor walked around the ladder. So, yeah. you know, because it's bad luck. Sean just, you know, no, you mixed it up. Right Other way, Sean walked around it. Razor Was did it the Razor. Yeah, Sean, okay. Sean did the cocky strut around it and Razor did the little Razor strut through it. It, it. it was so And you know that they must have worked on that together. And it was it was so good. Um no, this match is a little infamous. I, I know Bret Hart hates this match because they went way over time on it. Yeah, and uh, and, and and took away time from the main event. But how can you be mad when this was the the outcome? This was the final product. I mean, it's funny that you say that about Bret because it sucks. He had bad luck at Mania with Yokozuna because WrestleMania Nine, Yoko told him to go home about ten minutes earlier because he gassed out. Yeah, and so Brett got cut off there, and then at WrestleMania ten, he got cut off again because you know who the real losers were in this match. It wasn't just Brett; it was the eight man tag match that got booked right off yes. Mania for it, right? Right. And we got a whole package from that match earlier on in the night, and then never got to see the match. Yeah. But you know what? It was a masterpiece, and here we are talking about it. What 27, 20, 30 years later, like. Yeah. It is one of the best matches. It, it is the best intercontinental match. A, my two-year-old son will be talking about this match when he's our age. 100% he will. I have no doubt of that. Because this is a ladder match that uses psychology, like you said. It's not a spot fest. They use the ladder as a weapon. They do use it. They do build the spots, but they're not just, okay, this is a symbol. It's like putting Lego together. Like You're watching these. I hate that. I hate watching spots get built to hurt the match. Yeah. The and it's so it's so good because by no means was this the very first ladder match. It wasn't even the first ladder match in WWE, but there was so little confidence that they could make it work at WrestleMania. Jim Ross himself said, "What the hell are these guys going to do with a fucking ladder?" Mm. I love it when Jim Ross is wrong. <laughs> 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 and I think Jim Ross likes it when he's wrong because you know uh, Jim Ross has has, a, has admitted that you know goddamn I was wrong about that and good thing same thing with the rest of the twelve Iron Man match he he didn't think that was going to work either you know and some some would say it didn't well here we are <laughs> a lot 
I don't think it's one of the greatest WrestleMania matches, but it's not horrible. It's a damn good match, but I, uh, no. yeah, I don't, I don't put it into as high regard as everybody else holds it to either. Good. But here, but, but if we are talking about the greatest, we are talking about this ladder match. I do want to ask you a question, though. All right. What do you prefer, this match or the rematch at SummerSlam? This match. Uh, the rematch at SummerSlam was good, but it, this match I thought was much better. I agree, but I think the SummerSlam match doesn't get an, enough credit. I, I did enjoy that match. It was a great match. It, it was it was a good match, and, and it was a different match. They worked over Sean's leg. Sean was a face also this time. Razor worked as more of a heel, so it had a different element to it. But uh, for me, there's nothing top in WrestleMania 10 ladder match between those guys. Agreed. So, so, so I think we're in agreement. This deserves to be in the number ten, the number one spot. Hundred percent, it does. I, I would say I agree with about ninety-five, ninety-nine, even ninety-nine percent of your list this week. Which All I right. Hate giving you credit. I think the only one you're not, uh, you're not too uh, strong on is my number six, uh, the uh, the ladder match from that from uh, WrestleMania thirty-two. Um, so let's let's discuss what you would put in the spot. Let's hit some honorable mentions. Um, I'm just kind of looking over at my honorable mentions and I don't even know if I would take that one off. I don't know if I would, I guess the big one would be, um, and if you want, some people don't count this as an intercontinental title match, but I do. And it's Hogan and warrior WrestleMania six. Of course it's an intercontinental title match. The title was on the line. Both titles were on. I would put that, I would put that in that, in my list, I think over that ladder match personally. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Now it didn't make my list, obviously. But what surprised me is when I went through like 10 other lists online, it hasn't made any lists. Yeah, I, I also noticed that. I just don't think people register it as an intercontinental title match. You know what I mean? It is a title it match. Is it is. I just I it's think people much, just think that's a world title, title match. match. It's as much as a title match as the uh, Angle Benoit Jericho match. Yeah. Which was also for two titles. Money hit me with some of your mentions. I got a list here as well. We'll go. We'll go back and forth. Unfortunately, I lost my piece of paper with all of my honorable mentions. But oh, I'm it's gonna... okay. I got them all. If you want, I got. I got almost all of them written down. I'm gonna try to think of some off the top of my head uh, of what I had. Uh, uh, Jericho and Regal. Jericho and Regal could have made a case to sneak on the list as well. Great match yeah. they had, and and even the next year, Regal and RVD had a hell of a match as well. Yeah. To me, I think the most underrated intercontinental title match in the history of WrestleMania uh, is Big Show versus Cody. That match was really good. Remind me, what mania is that? Uh, it was the one where uh, Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan in 10 seconds, I think. Oh, okay. So that's like... I, I, get, I get confused on the numbers now. I'm getting Pretty old, sure man. That's, 20, that's one of the... 30, one... or 27, I think. 27. I think it's 27. That was one of the ones where Triple H fought. Uh... It was it was Hogan and it was Hogan and or sorry Hogan. Wow, it was Rock and Cena number one. It yeah, was yeah, their yeah. first one. Twenty eight. It was twenty seven. Are you sure? Twenty eight. It was twenty eight because they fought again in New York at twenty nine. Okay. Um, Rick Root and the Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania five had an awesome yeah. match. I really yeah. liked that one as well. Another good match that had a, a strong chance that I thought to maybe make the list, but uh, you and I talked about it off air. WrestleMania 9, Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka. I'm not going to lie to you, man. This was on my short list. This, this was in contention to make the list. But uh, you made a point to me, and then when I went and rewatched the match, you're 100% right. And the, the finish just makes it so it just can't make the list. Yeah, and I think you can say just shitty finish. 
And I think you can say the same thing about the next two matches as well, and that's uh, WrestleMania 7, Mr. Perfect, and the Big Boss Man, and okay. uh, and WrestleMania 14, The Rock and Ken Shamrock. Ooh, good call. But again, the wonky finishes. And then the last honorable yeah. mention that I think is even worth mentioning is we go right back to where it all started. WrestleMania 1, Greg Valentine, and Junkyard Dog. Again, another bad again, finish. Again, really wanted to, to put this on the list. It's, 7 is hard, man. Well, that's it. And so that puts a bow on week one of our road to WrestleMania. Can, Great can, list. I, 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 wanna, gotta... I, I wanna really, 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 really jump back uh, quickly jump back to WrestleMania nine just to make a quick, quick yeah, uh, yeah. little thing. One of my favorite parts of that match, can we talk about the little story being told with Luna and Sherry? Oh man. I wish I would have given those ladies a little bit more time in the hey, coming months you. after that. I'm a huge two, Luna fan. Two of the greatest women in the history of professional wrestling. And they're telling this great story. Sean just, just cut Sherry loose. Now he's coming out with Luna. And a lot of people, including myself, kind of sometimes forget that Luna was ever with Sean. Yeah, I should have put them on my best couples list. And then and then, and then then Sherry comes out with, Sean, with, with Tatanka. <laughs> well, actually, she comes out after Tatanka, but then stands up in his corner. Great story, and like I said, if it wasn't for the fucking finish, th- th- this match probably would have made my list. Uh, but Sherry and Luna really helped with the storytelling of this match. And while you're on the topic of Luna, one of my favorite shows is Hell's Kitchen. And uh, for anyone that's a fan of Hell's Kitchen, uh, one of the most popular contestants is a guy named Van on that show, who is the son of Luna Vachon. Little, uh, little trivia there. Who who's the dad? Do you know? Uh, it's I don't know. It's from her first marriage. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's it. That puts a bow on things for Mike. I gotta I gotta tell you, you did a great job on the list this week. Uh, and I hate, I, I hate I, I'm actually surprised. I thought you were gonna shit all over my list. This no, I hate and I hate being nice to you and I hate saying good things about you. But uh, my friend, you did a great job this week. And now I've got my work cut out for me next week. Yeah, remind me, what are you doing next week? Well, next week, uh, we're continuing the road to WrestleMania. And you know what? You inspired me with your Intercontinental title list, taking a look at a, a history of a title during this uh, fantastic pay-per-view that is WrestleMania. So I'm going to take a look at a, a title as well. And next week, I am going to be counting down the top seven women's title matches in WrestleMania history. I think this is going to be way harder than people think. This list, uh, spoiler alert, I've already f- I've done my research, watched the matches. Um, this list was very, very hard. And if you are a fan of Jerry the King Lawler, you might want to skip next week's show. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a fan of Jerry Lawler as well, but yeah, but uh, from an in-ring standpoint. Oh, well, man, it doesn't age well. We're um, going to no, save that for next week. Are we including all variations of this title? Are we including the Divas Championship, the current iteration of the Women's Championship? Yes. Are we including NXT women, Women's Championships? Yes, it is any any title match that has happened uh, between women at WrestleMania. And that will even include uh, tag teams as well. Oh, so we could actually be talking about Snooki next week. Uh, well, that was not for a title. Well, but, title uh, <laughs> if it was, it would be number one with a bullet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going uh, to keep on rolling with our, our WrestleMania theme and we're going to keep doing wrestlemania lists all the way up until wrestlemania one for all of our ring of honor fans keep sticking around make sure you guys are heading over to our instagram page and voting for the tournament that we're doing to crown the greatest ring of honor world champion of all time 
as of recording right now, we are about to start the final four. We're down to CM Punk versus Nigel McGuinness on one side and Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal on the other side. This is pretty much exactly how I saw the finals happening. I did not think Punk was going to make it. I thought it was going to be Jay Briscoe personally. Now that's how I would have liked it to gone, but that's but, not how I because I don't think people I don't think people are voting. Many people I don't think they're voting for the championship. They're voting for their favorite wrestlers. Um, Briscoe had a better tenure. He did, whether people want to admit it or not. But people, there's so many huge CM Punk fans out there. Oh, and so, you know what though? I also I think it, this whole thing just because of that. I think that it really um, says something about how impactful his title run was, though. That Summer of Punk was some magical stuff, man. It was it was game-changing stuff. And uh, also, if you uh, for a YouTube exclusive, make sure you head over to our YouTube page at Countout7. I teamed up with a friend of the show, Jonah, for a special interview with Sledge from Ring of Honor, oh fresh off his debut. 100%. You know, and we're going to end this whole thing with me just saying, I, I I do want to say I'm sorry uh, to you. It sucks that the Miasma Citadel has been canceled. I know it was always your life's uh, ambition to get into something like that. It's, but you know what? Let's take it for what it was. It's very cool that you got to do it even for a couple of weeks. No, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, Jonah and I, I think we're really getting our, our chemistry together on the commentary there. But uh, alas, he he lost his place to uh, he lost his venue, and and we're on a permanent hiatus right now. But you guys can head into the archive. It's also on CountedOut7.com uh, uh, if you want to check out some of the commentary work. There it was a fun little concept they did. Fun couple weeks. And uh, please give your feedback on CountedOut7.com. Uh, it was a big pet project of ours. We, we worked really hard on it. Um, it's only going to get better from here, I hope. Uh, uh, with your help, tell us what you think. Tell, tell us what you want to see on our webpage. Um, but right now, as it stands, anything, pretty much anything that's been done by the CountedOut family is on this webpage. That's right. So just to put a bow on... And the, all the watch-alongs, all the uh, episodes of Counted Out and uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies, every um, celebrity interview, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah, you did a great job with the site, man. I'm not going to lie. So just to kind of do a quick recap here, we're going to take it home right now. Next week, tune in. I'm going to be counting down the top seven women's title matches at WrestleMania. Uh, head over to CountedOut7.com. All that and more, Mike. I don't think there's anything left to say, man. Why don't you take us home? Oh, there's one more thing to say, and that is we have been counted out. Cheers.